Welcome back to Bad Bedtime Stories, an original spooky fiction series by Kara Shea and Adam Ray. Today, we present part four in a six-part story, so blistering, so frigid, you'll need your biggest down coat and your warmest mittens, because you're listening to Arctic Expedition. Part 4. His belly full and warm, Andrew explored the cabin. It consisted of only the two rooms. The one he was in comprised of a fireplace, the table, a small kitchen setup, and a tattered chair. The second, what Alfie called the bedroom, had a small bed with a worn cover and a lumpy mattress and a small closet that was also a bathroom. Folded gently on the bed was what appeared to be pajamas, and they stood out starkly as the least worn thing in the entire cabin. Gingerly, Andrew peeled out of his battered clothes and pulled on the pajamas. They were a rich, deep red and surprisingly warm. A small window above the bed advertised a blanket of white, so far removed from the spitting snow and harsh wind that had nearly claimed him earlier, it was startling. A lush carpet of white spread in front of him, broken only by the various cabins and buildings comprising of what Alfie had called the village. Glittering lights held the heavy curtain of darkness away, and the short, mysterious people of the village were even stranger en masse. Before he could think too much more, or even pull the covers over him, sleep pulled him under. When he woke, Andrew checked the window to ensure it hadn't all been a dream. As concrete as the lumpy mattress beneath him, the village still stood, glittering lights, mysterious villagers and all. He lay there, checking the state of his body, still faintly in pain, and determined he hadn't been poisoned after all. Pulling on his boots and coat, Andrew was suddenly eager to see the village without the barrier of glass. The cabin door creaked open, and he stepped out into the snow and lights. Around him, cabins similar to his pocked the land. Small snow-packed pathways converged into a single large path leading to the north. Turning, Andrew took in the scene. Several wooden buildings of various sizes seemed to grow directly out of the snow, reminding him of the evergreens that surrounded them. At the very edge, a large red building, easily three times the size of the others around him, towered over the village, reaching in a single point towards the heavens. Oh, hello, a voice not unlike a child's called to him, and Andrew looked down to find another of the strange people next to him. A woman, this one had brown hair that curled wildly, struggling to be freed from the thick knitted hat that crushed it down. Hi. Alfie told me to expect you. Would you like me to show you around? 
Um, sure, I guess. She smiled and then stopped. Oh, I'm Tinsel, by the way. And with that, she started off through the snow, leaving Andrew no choice but to follow. This area, of course, is where we all live. We do have extra cabins like yours. Tinsel cast a glance up and over her shoulder. You aren't the first to be rescued, of course. This one is mine. Tinsel pointed, but never stopped walking. The cabin she pointed at was a deep, rich wood. Checkered curtains draped the window, and glittering golden lights decorated the doorway. Very nice, Andrew said, before turning to follow Tinsel. With his longer legs, he didn't have to try hard to catch up. Over here, she pointed to a squat cherry wood building on the right, is the store. We mostly hunt, so we don't need much, of course. And there, she pointed with her other hand to a larger building on the left, is a community center. We love games. Casting another glance back, she asked Andrew if he also enjoyed games. Her eyes seemed to gleam from the lights draped across the pathway, her smile stretching. Uh, yeah, I guess, Andrew replied. Unbidden, a memory crept to mind. An evening at the table, his family playing a loud, never-ending game of Monopoly. I do, yes. Tinsel nodded before something caught her eye to the right. Oh, and that is the post office. Very important, of course. Tinsel gestured to the largest building they had seen yet, bustling with activity. Here, he paused, taking it in. The windows glowed with bright lights, and villagers were either milling about, chatting on its large wraparound porch, or moving so quickly in and out of the building that the door never seemed to close. He hadn't heard Tinsel explain the other buildings standing around them, but he finally tore his eyes from the post office. And that's about it. This is the square, of course, motioning to the area around them where the snow had been packed down. What is that building? Andrew pointed ahead to the red building that set behind the others. He was pretty sure he hadn't missed Tinsel explaining it. Oh, she said, and he swore he saw her smile falter. Her voice seemed less like bells and more like steel as she finished. That is for the city council only. You can't go in there. Suddenly, Tinsel clapped. The sound like a gunshot echoing against the buildings and trees. But you love games. We should go play some, of course. Do you have a phone? Andrew asked, suddenly aware that he had left his pack behind at the campsite. Tinsel's eyes seemed to darken again, but it could have been the lights flickering overhead. Oh, no, we don't get very good service here. Of course. Um... Andrew glanced back at the post office. I guess I could just mail a letter to my family? Of course, Tinsel echoed, her voice sounding flat. We should do that, of course. Let me introduce you to Jack. He's the postmaster here. Inside, the post office was just as busy as the outside. Some villagers in blue hauled bags overflowing with envelopes. Others were busy behind a counter sorting mail into towering piles. And at the center of it all was a man in a blue knitted cap darting back and forth. Jack, Tinsel called, 
and the man stopped mid-step to pivot towards them. Tinsel! Jack smiled, and his eyes shifted behind her to Andrew. And our guest, I assume. Yes, this is Andrew, of course. Tinsel turned her head to smile at him quickly before turning back to Jack. He would like to send a letter home. Ah, yes, of course. Jack smiled, but it didn't reach his eyes. Right this way. Jack led Andrew to a small counter to the right of the door they had come in. Heavy paper and black pencils that reminded him of a time that had passed waited for him. Once you're finished, just bring it to me and I'll get it out for you, Jack said, already moving away and back into the bustle. Andrew quickly scribbled two pages before he came to a sudden halt. Um, Jack, he called, not sure his voice would reach above the noise. The man appeared at his side before he had even finished. Oh, Andrew said, startled. Um, where are we? I should tell them where I am so they can help me get home. Jack's smile stretched across his face, but it only reminded Andrew of a predator baring his teeth. Of course. The village is called Terra Mortuis. It's actually quite interesting. Our village is very old. I'll have to tell you about it sometime. Andrew nodded, copying the name onto the paper. The name certainly seemed ancient, and everything about what he had seen so far supported the notion that it had been here for far longer than most. With a hopeful smile, Andrew carefully slipped the letter into the envelope and passed it over to Jack. Wonderful, Jack said, clutching the envelope in his hands. I'll get this out right away, of course. And so days passed. At least Andrew thought it had been days. His life became a cycle of eating, sleeping, and hanging out in the village. Often playing games with the villagers, all of them cheerful, bringing him a never-ending cycle of soups and cookies. Often they asked him about his life, his family, what he did, what his hometown was like, what games he enjoyed. Every day, the ache for home deepened. Spurred on with each story he told. Each day, Andrew waited for a letter. Jack always frowned when telling him he hadn't seen anything yet. And each day, the red building seemed to call to him. He had seen many villagers dart into the building at all hours. The door closed so quickly, Andrew never got a glimpse beyond the light inside. There was a single window at the top of the building, near the roof, too high for Andrew to see anything inside beyond the lights that never seemed to turn off. He wasn't sure when he made the decision, but Andrew knew he had to see what was inside. Thank you.
you can't get enough spooky stories. Visit badbedtimestories.com now to listen to all episodes. While you're there, identify with our Fly Anxiety hoodies, share with us your spooky story ideas, or contact us about becoming a Bad Bedtime Stories advertising partner. Visit our stories page to read along and get immersed in the stories by playing our original music and spooky ambience tracks. Until next time, listeners, sleep tight.